When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Truly outrageous, egregious, and offensive. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd hanging out with Derek Wetmore here. We have a couple more twins and hot stove things to get into. Uh, but real quick, you saw a tweet from Tom Pelissero. So the Vikings, according to Adam Schefter, yes. are going to activate Teddy Bridgewater to the 53-man roster, which I means he's been practicing, but now he'll actually be on the 53-man roster starting this week. And he needs to be by tomorrow. That's absolutely right. Yeah, which means you got to bump somebody off. Okay, what do you do? Well, there's a rumor that, you know, or a report, I guess, from Adam Schefter that they're going to put Sam Bradford on the injured reserve. Mm-hmm. And now you saw this tweet from Tom Pelissero. Yes, and, that, and the report from Tommy is that uh, Bradford is is going back again to see uh, the doctor as he continues to seek answers on his knee. And a knee scope has always been the last resort, but uh, that is what James Andrews might recommend this time around. So if he has the knee scope now, he's done. He's and done. How long does that recovery take? Well, it's probably a month to more than that. And, mm. and I don't, I guess in retrospect, the one thing I don't understand is if the knee scope was always a possibility, which I'm guessing it was, why you didn't have it done. A month and a half ago, I mean, at least that that would have given you a shot to come back. So, it's weird. But if he has the knee scope now, he'll be put on IR and he'll be done here, which is fine. Yeah. So, and now, I mean, it's uh, there's got to be questions about Sam Bradford's career going sure. forward, even though he's only like 30 years old. But uh, there it is. Teddy Bridgewater will be probably the number two quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they would activate him and then not have him be the backup if he's cleared to play in NFL games. So probably Case Keenum starting, and then maybe Teddy Bridgewater ready to come in and get everyone all excited. Can you imagine that scenario? Case Keenum starting, Teddy suited up as the backup, and Case goes down with an injury in the first quarter? Or throws one incomplete pass in the first quarter. (laughs) I don't know if they'll be that trigger-happy. but It'll be two. It, yeah, it'll be like two, two overthrows. Mike will be like Case. Third down and 10 with, with, with 14 Case. minutes left in the That's first plenty. quarter. Let's get him out. It's my game. Need to. Uh, Derek is in here. He covers the Twins for 1500ESPN.com. And also, uh, we have a, a, a Touch Them All podcast every week you can subscribe to. Derek Shelton is the new Twins bench coach. He was the hitting coach for about seven years with Joe Madden, Tampa Bay Rays. Indians hitting coach before that from 05 through 2009. So there's probably a little bit of a Derek Falvey overlap from uh, when Falvey started there in like the 2007-8 range. And um, he was with the Blue Jays for like a year or two, quality control coach. What do you know about Derek Shelton and uh, and and what do you think about this addition? Joe Favre, obviously, to Garden Hire staff in yep. Detroit. Respected former hitting coach with the Rays. You mentioned uh, He mentioned on the conference call yesterday that he has... Good friendships with guys like uh, 
well, I think Jim Hickey was one that he mentioned as sort of a, a, a mentor. And I think just to me, and, and Carl Willis maybe too, if I'm not mistaken, I, to me it's interesting that the Twins are getting a guy with hitting coach background with some teams that are viewed as as pretty smart. You know, whether it's the Rays or the Cleveland Indians, under it was under Eric Wedge, not Tito back in the day. But interesting to me that you go get somebody with a diverse skill set. He was the quality control guy, as you mentioned, in Toronto last year. And it was just sort of looking for the next step in his career. Well, the Twins lose Joe Vavra as a bench coach. There's an opening. And I, I think it's in keeping with Derek Falvey's philosophy of just going to go get a bunch of smart guys, get them in the room. Maybe they don't see eye to eye on everything. They're going to disagree. There's going to be some combat. But you hope ultimately that you arrive at the best answer. I, I think that... It also speaks to the comfort that James Rousen has in his own skin because you're hiring a longtime hitting coach with more experience and, frankly, a little more name recognition around the league. But I just think Rousen had such an incredible year as a hitting coach working with Polanco, working with Buxton, that you should be comfortable in your own skin. Like, it's working. And I, I think that having another person, another voice to add to that pot is interesting. Uh, how much of an impact is a bench coach going to have on wins and losses? I have no idea. I can't give you that answer. But I do think that you hire somebody with a good resume who's respected around the league and the people that you've already employed and empowered are not uh, you know, fragile or nervous about that sort of perceived threat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this thing is headed in a good direction for the Twins under Paul Molitor's staff. So he's bench coach. Uh, what does a quality control coach in baseball do now? So it's kind of like Clock Jeff management usually. That's, That's right. what I was going to say. No one to call timeouts. I know what they do in football. It's sort of call, call the timeout. Similar to what Jeff Pickler does for the Twins, actually. Okay. They, they talked about at the time they hired Pickler as quote major league coach. That was his title, or maybe still is his title. I don't know. I think you're right. I, think I don't think is. he cares too much about titles, to be honest, but. You know, it's he cares about bombs, it's, and that's it. It's series preparation. It's scouting the opposing starter. It's the kinds of things that Jeremy Hefner does with video before series and and prepares okay. the Twins for it. It's also, I think, personally, some in-game stuff. I think there's going to be some, this. This is what his role in Tampa was, but or I'm sorry, in Toronto. But you imagine there's going to be some overlap. It's hey. Just so you know, here are the three relievers that they could get hot right now and we'd have to be worried about for pinch-hitting matchup stuff. Just be looking down the line for this, Molly, so that you have multiple people worried about strategy stuff, and it's not all on one. i got to tell you, I've never been in that chair, but I can absolutely imagine eighth inning comes, matchup questions just start flying, boom, 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 rapid fire. That's got to be a tough thing to be in sort of that pressure cooker and have to make the right call on the fly over a 162-game season. So having multiple people be able to look a couple of batters ahead and prepare for some of that stuff and just do all the legwork that's required now to incorporate data, to incorporate video, advanced scouting, scouting reports the old-fashioned way, all of that stuff has to be synthesized into one, you know, sort of a one-sheet so that you get an idea of what you have to do for this series. There's a ton of work that goes into it, and I think basically they're they're just adding another cook to Paul Molitor's kitchen. Uh, they had a chance if they wanted to for several years, not just Derek Falvey and Paul Molitor, but but Terry Ryan, to promote Doug Mankiewicz from minor league manager to major league coaching staff, and Terry Ryan decided not to, Paul Molitor decided not to, and Falvey, and there was some, some awkwardness about the departure because Mankiewicz and his wife used... Jim Suhan and the Star Tribune to sort of tee off on uh, on the Twins. Well, Mikavich was just hired to be the AAA Toledo manager in the Tigers organization, 
which uh, Ron Gardenhire probably had a little little recommendation there for uh, for for Avila. And this is a text to Doogie. Doogie has a midweek scoop here for us. A Minkiewicz text to Doogie. It's not nothing super inflammatory, but and Minkiewicz said having to leave the Twins organization twice under circumstances out of my control has been tough, emotionally tough. I'm not going to lie. The city, the fans, the players, the staffs are all family to me, and they always will be. That being said, I was born in Toledo. remember fondly going to minor league games with my family. Uh, the Red Wings are my favorite hockey team. I still have a lot of family in that area. In 98, I made my debut at Old Tiger Stadium with Guardy leading the way. This decision was a no-brainer for me. Uh, looking forward to working with and being part of such a storied franchise. So, like, is there any part of you guys that feels like, man, the Twins let... Let one get away there with Doug Mankiewicz no longer in the organization. Because I don't really, I mean, I like Doug Mankiewicz, but I don't know. I feel like it's its very provincial to feel that, oh, Doug Mankiewicz would have been like the bench coach I of think, choice. We don't I, know that. I think it's just fine to move on. Considering what this franchise has been through, I have no problem with saying, you know what? We like you, we like you, and you're gone. Yeah, and I think that's a pretty unpopular opinion. I think based on my interactions on social media, people love Doug Minkiewicz around here. They want Minkiewicz to be the manager of the team right now. And I'm obviously, I'm not speaking for everybody, but there's a huge contingent of Twins fans who would be mad if you said, eh, just just a coach, just a, a fiery manager who who players get along with fine and, and maybe he can go be an asset to another organization. But I'm personally, I am against the grain on that one. I, I'm not offended that the Twins let that relationship end. Um, you can debate maybe they should have ended it with more tact or whatever. That's a different conversation. And we but, don't know that story. Yeah, exactly. We've heard one side we know of it. Once exactly. I, yeah. I, I think that I'm personally not offended by it, Phil, to answer your question. I, I think that it's interesting that the Tigers have basically just brought in the old Twins coaching staff <laughs> that was accused of Dude. falling behind the times. Andy, come on. Dude, it Bullpen is, coach. It is. It, I mean, it is. It. I think it's almost laughable, to be honest with you. And I say that with respect to like what some of those guys were able to do five, ten years ago. But sure. but that's amazing to me. My quick take is that I think it's the wrong move. And I think it's the wrong move because as much we, we should say too that they had a lot of success under Ron Gardenhire from two thousand two to two thousand ten. That's yes. undeniable. Gardenhire and that staff had an incredible amount of success with, yeah, a pretty talented team, but not the highest spending team. Mm-hmm. Say whatever you want about anything, any other part of the conversation or pick apart anything I just said. There was a lot of success with this staff under Gardner. With that being said, I think that the sort of the next model is you have your, just to pull some names from Twins examples, James Rousen, Jeff Pickler. Mm-hmm. These are guys that get into the science and... Uh, they they sort of blend, to use a tired cliche by now, they do sort of blend the science and the data, the analytics, with also the human scouting eye. And they still have a touch for their baseball guys who also just happen to know all of this stuff. They're baseball guys first and foremost. And I think if you're going to levy a criticism on the garden hire staff that he's assembling in Detroit, it's that they're not as curious. It's that they're baseball guys. No, that's not the worst criticism you could levy against a guy. But you need more than just that. I think that you yeah. need a wider but, view of voices, and we'll see if it works. The problem in Detroit is more than the coaching staff, they ain't going to have the talent for the next couple of years probably to compete. The entire Tigers organization is a trapdoor job. 
Every one of those guys is is on a trap door. Okay. And in three years, she opens up and they're all gone. Avila will be gone. Guardi will be gone. That whole staff's gone. Interesting. They are a complete mess. And is that a write that down? Al Avila. I think that'd it be should a home be. run. I agree with Joe. Like, Al Avila. <laughs> it, it ain't going to work and the team's promote, not good. But but when Dombrowski left, when, when Illich wouldn't let him make the trades, and so they, they said, we're going to name this old school GM, it's a trap door job. But but I will say this about us. The thing that frustrates me about sports fans in this town is we want to win until we're offended by who is being shown yep. the, the door. Yep, it's exactly the most right. it's the most frustrating thing. Well, Rub- we, yeah, Rubio couldn't shoot for seven years. But, like, well, let's ignore that because he has cool hair and can pass behind his back. And you take that back about Ricky Rubio. <laughs> and Peterson got old and is one dimensional. Yeah. What they what they did to him should have been done two years ago, but it wasn't. And now and now, but but come on, I mean, look, he had thirty seven carries by the Car- yes. The Cardinals are a lousy team that are going to drive that man into the ground. Sure. He has no business yeah. being here now. And but we get we want to win and we want to pick on the team so badly until they make deals that oust our favorites, and then we get mad about how can you let this guy go? Well, it makes perfect sense to let that person go. I have a problem with that. It just under a microscope with like the University of Minnesota. If you're a fan of the Gophers, you want them to win, but you want them to win on your sort of terms. You don't want it to be like the sleazy underbelly of college sports. You want it to be with integrity. You want them to you know, pay attention to multiple different sports and really focus on being a well. No, in in pro sports especially, but in college sports too, which are basically pro I want sports. stripper parties and six-figure deals for freshmen. That's you have to I pick. Want. You have to pick. Do you want to win <laughs> or do you want to do things your way, and I think that you could do that if you're the Twins. You could say, "Well, yeah. no, we're not going to we're not going to sign free agents. We're going to keep the coaching staff for the next 20 years. We're going to keep the front office intact as it is for the next 20 years." Okay, and that's fine, and you and you can operate that way if you want to. But then you don't get to have your cake and eat it too, and say, "Oh, and we want to win multiple World Series." Correct. Yeah, for pick, a, lo- for a long goal. time, and like when I hear Steve Little, and I hear you know I hear Rick Anderson and like Garden Hire and bringing the boys back together, that represented. Once it had to kind of run its course, it represented the organization caring more about the employees of the organization than the fans who spend millions of dollars on the product. Real quick, before we uh, kick Derek out of here, quick answer. Paul Molitor, a finalist for Manager of the Year in the American League. Uh, Molitor, Terry Francona, Indians, A.J. Hinch, Astros. Should Molitor get Manager of the Year in American League? No. I think it's Tito. I think you win a league record 22 games in a row and you win 102 games, plus super well-respected guy, great resume. Don't forget, it's based on what you did in the regular season. So A.J. Hinch winning the World Series doesn't matter. I think that uh, Terry Francona probably wins that award. If I was voting, I would vote for Tito. It's not a slam dunk, but I'd be surprised if Molitor wins it. I think he does. I, I think he does because we love nothing more than what? A turnaround, yep. improvements. Yep. Most improved. A turnaround player. is a huge deal. I think. I think there's a debate to be had about w- whether he should. I think he will, based on the fact that they went from being horse bleep to being a playoff team. Uh, I'm gosh, I'm between you guys. I think Molitor is going to get a ton of credit, whether it's you know justified or not, for the 26 win improvement. But ultimately, what the Indians did in the second half of the year, I think, gets it done for because uh, if it's a regular season award, if it's mm-hmm. if it wasn't, then AJ Hinch would win it. So sure. uh, find our Touch 'Em All podcast. We talk Twins every week. Off the radio show, you can also find repurposed stuff from our radio show with Derek Wetmore. But uh, best Twins coverage you're going to find in the Twin Cities, 15 ESPN.com and the Touch Em All podcast. Bye, Derek.
Thanks, guys. I'll right, go back to uh, your, your hot stove in the hallway there. Dave, you got questions for us? Yeah, I do. Vikings questions, Packers questions, gopher football questions, a lot of questions. Awesome. Steve, how you doing? Hey, Steve. Or, hey, Bill. I'm out of You're Steve. on the way. I, there you go. I am Steve. <laughs> go, Pat, go! The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. That's right, sports fans. This is 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, Dave is here with some questions for uh, the two of us. I'm imagining you guys at least kept up on the gopher football debacle in Michigan on Saturday. Yep. Well, you learn from failure, so I call it a success. But... You can classify it however you want. I called it a debacle. I didn't say it was a failure. Oh, it was, yeah, it was, it was stinky. It was pewy. In they fact, got if, you learn, big house. if you learn from failure, they failed quite mightily. So uh, I would <laughs> say it was again, a great, again, a great experience at the big house on Saturday. All right. The Gophers have lost some Big Ten games. <laughs> yes. I've watched every one of these press conferences looking for quotes from PJ talking about it. And the theme is always whether he be talking about bad quarterback play, bad running game, bad blocking, bad tackling, bad covering, whatever it is, the answer then always comes back to, oh, and that's on me. That's on me. I'm the coach. That's on me. You know, never put the blame on the players. It's always that's on me. And I, I get why he has to do that, but we don't have to do that. Now on Mackie and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. The pie chart of blame. You want to blame somebody? Make it specific to Michigan. You can make it specific to the four Big Ten losses. Boys, pie chart of blame it for me because it's not 100% on PJ. All right, is this, I'm sorry, so are we going with just that game or the enti- or the Big Ten Whichever schedule? you would prefer. Okay. You want to go first or should I? Go, go ahead. I feel like Judd puts a ton of emotional it. energy into I these got pie charts. He's no, like, got the tongue of, out. Like, I, I don't okay. think it's emotional energy. I, I think he's struggling do. with the math. I, I got a lot of work to do. Shut up. I don't know about the math. I'm going to divide these into equal parts if possible, okay? Because okay. I, I, I'm going to kind of go, uh, I'm going to go back in time a little ways here, okay? Back uh, in time. Yep. Um, I'm going to say every coach after Murray wore math and. <laughs> And I'm trying to deflect away from PJ. Up until uh, Jerry Kill gets a fairly large chunk of pie, except for <laughs> Lou Holtz. Except for Lou Holtz. So every coach. Oh, he only gave us one year. He holds us. It was two years, I believe. I think it was two oh, years. Whatever it was. And then he didn't coach the second years, bowl yeah. game. Yeah, two years. That's nice right. He still holds every us, coach huh? from, from, from when Murray Warmath uh, was no longer the coach. Up until Jerry Kill and Tracy Clay. So that whole group, like Wacker and uh, Goody and, and everybody, except for Lou Holtz, deserves Mace? large chunks. Uh, yep, Glenn Mason he was as well. fire Mace. Now he'd bring him yep. back in a heartbeat. Because Glenn, well, Glenn Mason also, you know, he had one 10-win season. And even in that season, like it was mostly six wins, seven wins, a three-win season in there. We romanticize about the Glenn Mason era. He a lot took of sun bowls. He took us to a lot of micronpc.com yeah. bowls, let's face it. And even in the 10-3 and 3 season, th- what you remember the most is the loss to Michigan up by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So, like, let's pump the brakes on the Mace romanticizing for a second. Uh, so all those guys. 
I would give a slightly larger chunk to Jerry Kill and Tracy Clays for their complete ineptitude in finding and developing a quarterback, which is why the Gophers are continuing to get pounded this year because they just don't have a damn quarterback. Not that the rest of the team is flawless, but um, it's mostly an evened up you know, slice for almost everyone who has had a hand in the program after Murray Warmath that has led us to this point in Gopher football. So PJ can take a bite, and PJ might share a larger chunk at some point if you can't turn this thing around. But this thing has been mostly terrible for almost five decades. Let's be honest. Judd, are you um, done with the math over there? I've, I've, I've got this broken down <laughs> several, several pieces of pie. It's very difficult. It's my school, you know. It's my school. Yeah, you did go there. I for mean, I went there for a half hour. Forty percent uh, of this goes on the quarterbacks. The whole quarter, all of them, every doggone quarterback who's been brought in in here. I mean, you you never had one. You didn't have one. You don't. I can't believe you're blaming Billy Cockerham for this mess. Yeah, Connor Rhoda, you begged him to come back. Do you realize the kid that went to St. Thomas? I'm told. Is a better quarterback? Yeah, Jacques uh, Jacques Perra. Uh, yeah, remember yeah. I had a the free Jacques Perra went, hashtag going two years ago. Nobody wanted to jump out. The me. wrong kid transferred, and this does not mean that Connor's not going to be a very successful businessman in this town. But the wrong kid transferred to St. Thomas. Uh, Demery Croft, no, and and most importantly, the Jerry Kill administration never brought in a quarterback. So forty percent of this goes to the most important position probably in all of sports. Defense twenty percent. I mean, you got problems there, but boys, can we tackle, please? I mean, Saturday was embarrassing. Chip Scoggins, who has seen this program in so many different eras, most of them putrid, tweeted this is the worst tackling he's seen on Saturday night. The worst tackling he's seen from a golfer's team. That's saying something for Chip. Uh, 10% goes to the, the rest of this offense. The receivers can't get separation. You didn't recruit offensively that well, which leads me to the 20% that I'm going to give to Tracy Clays. It was one year. It's a lot of math here. But this is why the Tracy Clays thing, this is why, gentlemen, I sat here the day he was hired and said, this is awful. This is a disaster. This is terrible. Because Tracy Clays had no business being a Division One coach. And guess what? There was no recruit in his right mind. You basically forfeited a year of recruiting. You couldn't recruit. There was nobody who looked at Tracy and said, you know what, I really want to play for him. They all said, don't sit on my couch, get out of my house, and leave right now. Tracy Clays. It was a complete debacle that was that was started by, by the fact that uh, Jerry Kill unfortunately got sick. But it was really started by the fact that your athletic director was groping and pawing people. And so you didn't have an athletic director to hire a football coach when Jerry Kill got ill. Oh, he got lonely sometimes. And then I'm going to give 10% to Fleck. But P.J. Fleck, man, he walked into a, a complete debacle here. And, and, and yes, you know what? I suppose if he would use the word elite a lot less and would just pull back on, on the whole row the boat thing for now, Gopher fans would be happier, I guess. But he walked into a complete mess here. And he walked into a mess that was set up by the fact that your bleeping athletic director couldn't keep his hands off people. And because of that, it's set off a chain of events. Jerry Kill gets ill. You hire Tracy Clays. My dog wouldn't play for Tracy Clays. Probably not eligible. Yeah, she's got some, she's pretty smart and she's got, she could play. She played quarterback at this rate. My <laughs> God. A four point stance. Four paw stance. Four paw stance. That would have been good. That would have been good if you hit four paw stance right away. Nice job. Nice try. Hey, Al, let's play the schedule game. Math was Vikings right. six and two. Lions four and four. Let's find out who's going to win the division. I want as quick as you can 
who's going to win these following games. We'll start with the Vikings, all right? All right, hold on a second. Let me... I'm ready. No, Let's just do... go. No, go. Do math. Let's just go. At Redskins. Vikings. That's a win. Rams at home. Loss. Loss, yeah, agree. At Lions. That's going to be a win. Win. At Falcons. I'm going to uh, win. I'm going to give them a win on that. At Panthers. Loss. Yep, I agree. Bengals home. Win. 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 At Packers. Win. win. And Bears. Win. I got them on 12. 12 you and 4. both have them on 12. Lions schedule. Seems plausible. Browns home. Win. Win. At Bears. Win. Win. Vikings. Loss. So the Vikings win. Uh, yeah. Yep. Correct. At Ravens. Uh, loss. Uh, loss, Lions. yeah. They'll lose that game. At Bucks. Win. win. Bears home. Win. I think they lose one of the Bears games, but I'm, gonna I'm already I'm gonna give them I already Bears I already give them a win on the road. Bears off win at Bengals, win it's a win, and Packers home win that's a win. So they both go six and two down the stretch. Wow! So twelve and four over over a ten and six. Ten and six might get the Lions into the playoffs. A wild card, yeah, sure. They should go six and two in the second half of the season. If you guys are wrong about Thanksgiving Day. Oh, it's then true. Then That's all that matters. Yep. If we are, changer. then they're both eleven and five, and game the changer. and the Lions would have the tiebreaker. But eleven and five would get you into the playoffs almost certainly. Oh, for sure, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easy. Uh, but you'd have to go on the road. I don't know who you'd play in the first round. So. Seattle. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yes, that's be huge. I love it. Seven yarder. All right. Final question. He makes it. Uh, I have two different uh, topics with the Packers boys as we watch that poor poor squad struggle. The first topic is simply this. Packers against all the last place teams in the league right now. Who would you pick if it were neutral field? Okay? <laughs> okay. If it were neutral field right now today with, of course, uh, Brett Hundley starting for the Packers, who would you pick? And I'm having to pull up the standings just to which, make sure which kind of, like, Are we talking team? tech turf or outdoor? What kind of a tur- What kind of a neutral field are we talking? The question might not be well-prepped. The Boise State uh, uh, Smurf field? The question was not well-prepped at all. No, it was like. prepped, but then my computer froze. Oh, okay, we're going to blame the It's okay. I got thing. the standings in front Perfect. of me. Perfect. You do it then. All right. Uh, New York Jets, neutral field versus the Packers right now. I mean, the Jets, Jets are 4 Jets and 5. Win. The Jets win. The Jets are way too For good. Sure. They didn't mean to be, the, but they are. Well, the 0-8 Cleveland Browns. Dave, you can participate here, too. I mean, the Browns didn't look bad in London for a couple quarters. Uh, How about this, okay? The, here's why the Browns are going to beat the Packers. And I thought for a while the Packers would beat the Browns. The Cleveland Browns, the Packers can't throw the ball, right? Yeah. You know what the number one by far Rush defense in the NFL is the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> They're allowing fewer wow. than three yards per carry on All the right. ground. Okay. So you can't run against the dog pound, even though they're 0-8. And Brett Hundley can't throw against anybody. So that's going to be a, a 9-6 to disaster of a game. Okay. Uh, Indianapolis Colts are in last place. Jacoby Brissett, he's been pretty good. He had a pretty good week, a couple touchdowns this week. I like, I like Indy. I, I agree, Dave. Indy? <laughs> yeah, I think I think I mean, I can't wait to see what happens when you get to the Niners. Everybody so far. Uh the well the let's see here. The Broncos and the Chargers, but Broncos, Chargers. Well well either one of them. They both yep. win, right? Phillip Rivers. Um man. New York Giants at one and seven. Packers win that game, actually. Think so. Oh yeah. The, yeah, the Giants are the Giants are desperate to Ah, Eli might torch him. No, I'm, I'm going to take Eli. Come no, on, they're trying Eli to lose. against Brett Hundley no, for God's sakes. The Giants are trying to lose more than the Packers right yeah, now. I'm they're taking still the trying Giants. to get in the Super Bowl to make Phil's prediction right. Though it's true, they, if they run the table and they get a couple of tiebreakers, <laughs> I forgot about they that. They might have a shot. 
Who would have, one in seven? Come on. Like, who saw one in seven coming? Um, Chicago Bears. Well, we're going to get to see that play out. I'm going <laughs> to yep. pick the Bears in that game. Okay. Um, Packers against the last place and checked out Tampa Bay Bucks. I take the Packers. The Bucks really don't care. They're That's actively tough. trying I'll, I'll to take get the, the Packers fired, I think. So yeah. I'm taking the uh, Packers. And then this is the game that Dave really wanted to get to. The Packers neutral field against the San Francisco 49ers. 0-9 this season. This isn't close. Who wins that game? This is not close. Niners roll with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, he'll be he'll be, yeah, at be that right. Point. No, the Niners roll. It's not it's not close. Shanahan schemes up an offensive outburst against that terrible Packers defense. Garoppolo's fantastic, throws for 375 yards. Game's over. And now let's play just how bad is the Packers quarterback situation compared to what the Vikings have had in the last eight years game. <laughs> Since Brett Favre left on a stretcher off of TCF Bank Stadium, I will give you the Vikings quarterback. No. You tell me whether you prefer that quarterback or Brett Hundley. Let's, okay. let, let's do this when we come back. Okay. This is, uh, because this is great. This is great. And this is, you know, Packer fans out there, you've been mocking and taunting your Viking fan friends and family members. How does it feel right now? How does it taste? Go, Pack, go! Steve, how you doing? Hey Steve, or hey Bill, I'm on the way. I, there you I go. I am Steve. <laughs> go, Pat, go! Bill Mackey, Judd Zogad. I think it's false advertising and the FCC should do something about it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Well, division games are obviously of uh, most importance. That, that was a it was a tough loss. Um, give Detroit a lot of a lot of credit. I thought they played extremely well, uh, particularly on offense the way they threw and caught the ball. But uh, offensively, uh, you, you know we need to score more points. Go, Pat, go! First of all, I just got to say I. I shudder to consider myself a Packer fan because I love my Green Bay Packers, but when I think about Packer fans, I kind of shudder because uh, I just associate it with dummies. I mean, these people, they, they think that they're you-know-what, don't think, and they know everything. Steve, how you doing? Hey, Steve. Or, hey, Bill. I'm, I'm a You're Steve. on the way. I, there you go. I am Steve. <laughs> go, Pat, go! He's a pleasant drunk, though. Give him that. He's a pleasant he is drunk uh, Packer fan. Steve. Uh, he didn't Steve come, you know, he didn't come on flaming the team. He was very pleasant in his being completely inebriated. Uh, Steve Arino. <laughs> hey, Steve. You ever taken care of a really drunk friend after a long night at the bar? You walk him into their apartment or something like that. That's exactly what Bill Michaels did right there. He did to Steve. Yeah. There you go. Steve, how Good you doing? Job. Hey, Steve. Or hey, Bill. I'm on the way. There you go. I am Steve. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. It's drunk friend. You, know, you finally help him in bed. There you go. Good job. All right. You got the leg over. Good job. Go, Pat, go. <laughs> oh, I man. love the fact he called from the bus, too. Yes. He's super sauced. First thing he does, gets on the bus. So I got to call him. I got to talk to the unit. <laughs> the the unit. big unit and yeah. Gary. <laughs> oh, man. So good. All right. Want to play a game? Third question. Yeah. Back to questions here. All right. Brett Hundley, we are going to compare him to these rather cesspooly list of Vikings quarterbacks since Brett Favre. 
went down and uh, didn't uh, didn't play anymore for the Vikings in 2010. Are you ready? You could even you could even start with 2010 Brett Favre if you wanted to. Because you know, you absolutely could. <laughs> I'll take the gun. I don't care if he threw 27 interceptions or whatever. <laughs> I'll take the gunslinger. All right. The simple question is: mm-hmm. Do you want Brett Hundley? <laughs> Or the Vikings quarterback that I'm about to go through one by one, leading your team for one victory, oh, all right? And this yeah. is the quarterbacks as they were for the Vikings. Oh, so this is ugly. when I say Donovan McNabb, you're not thinking, you know, right. Eagles, right. You, know, you know, whatever he was. Isn't it great, too, that like Mike McCarthy trumpeted having invested three years <laughs> into what we're seeing on the field now? That's the reason like, to fire no, we, Mike McCarthy. Wait, you, it's laughable and offensive that you would ask about Colin Kaepernick when I've invested three full years into Brett Hundley's development. Two years in Joe Callahan, too. We haven't seen him yet. Is it Joe Callahan? Isn't it? I think it is. It doesn't really matter. It might be Billy. I don't know. Tommy. It's Kyle Slaughter. <laughs> right. Callahan Auto Parts. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Brett Hundley or Joe Webb? Oh, Joe oh, Webb. Oh, God. I saw nothing, Joe Webb. <laughs> no. I, I was there for the Tuesday night game in Philly. Joe Webb. I was there for the Tuesday night game in Philly when when Les Frazier oh, basically God. got the full-time job because Joe Webb won the game. You know what? I'll take Brett Hundley. I'll take Brett Hundley. I'm taking Joe Webb. Nice All kid, right. too. Really nice guy. Brett Hundley or Tavares Jackson? Well, uh, that goes back <laughs> to the opening bell anecdote that uh, I'll take Tavares Jackson for the answer to that question. That Packer quarterbacks not named Rodgers since 2009. And so Matt Flynn plus Seneca Wallace Scott plus Tolzien. Scott Tolzien plus Brett Hundley mm-hmm. have the exact same passer rating, 70, 78 and a half, as T-Jack's career passer rating. So the, when Rodgers is out, they're basically getting Tavares Jackson every time on average. I'm taking T-Jack. You're taking T-Jack. Oh, and, and that average is brought up by Matt Flynn, who is better than the other three uh, and T-Jack has been better than Brett Hundley. Speaking of that, were you guys watching second quarter last night when ESPN rolled out this big, long graphic of how good the team's been with Favre and Rodgers and how bad they've been with everybody else at quarterback the last 20-whatever years? I think I saw I that. was watching Wild. Sorry. The graphic was a motion thing. They showed you know, a number four and a number 12 riding these big, nice you know, dirt bikes <laughs> or something like that. You know, like they were riding through town with a flag in their you know, all-time record as Packers quarterback. And then they show guys, you know, little animated guys dressed up as every other crappy quarterback, your Seneca Wallace and Matt Flynn, and they have them all riding these little kid tricycles. (laughs) I thought that was so mean. (laughs) It was hilariously mean. I did not see this. That's amazing. Anyway. um, (laughs) Back to the game. Brett Hundley or Christian Ponder? You know. Oh, I'm taking Ponder. It's Ponder. You it's gotta Ponder. Take, you gotta take Christian Ponder. It's Brett Ponder. Hundley or Donovan McNabb as a Viking. Wow, ground ball specialist. <laughs> Hundley. Really? Oh, oh, yeah. No, yeah. I'll, take a, I'll take a veteran who's been to the Super <laughs> oh, Bowl. The, the man could barely move. Well, okay, but like Brett Hundley can, and that's not helping him very much. <laughs> I'm still taking Brett Hundley. I'll take, I'll take McNabb. Brett Hundley or Matt Castle? Oh, I'll take oh, Castle. Oh, my God. You know what? There, Castle once in a while... He wanted to look the part, right? He'd yeah. sit back there and he'd throw, he'd, he'd throw, yeah, he uh, he'd get hot for a yes. game or two. So yeah, Matt Castle. Here's a great one: Brett Hundley or Josh Freeman. Oh, and it's the Vikings, Josh <laughs> if, Freeman. We don't get to like cherry pick that one year he had with the correct. Tampa Bay Bucks. If I if I take Hundley, do, do I lose the, the Freeman game? I mean, just the well, memory of the of the one game he played where the ball was sailing all over the Giant Stadium. Tell Johnny can keep the memory. Brett Hundley. Oh my god! I don't want to lose that that 
memory of the ball. Um, I mean, Hundley, you know, Hundley did, you know, he did complete 60% of his passes or 70. I'll take, I'll take Hundley. All right. Over Josh Freeman. What a night. Hundley or Teddy? Oh, Teddy. Yeah. Hundley or Sean Hill? (laughs) Sean Hill. (laughs) Veteran savvy. I'll take the surgeon. Yeah. Sean Hill. Veteran dissecting defenses. Yeah. He beat Tennessee. Come on. Hundley. I forgot that he did play a full game. He for had to play that game. Hunley or slinging Sammy? Sammy. Sammy, yep. yep. Hunley or Case? That Case. Yeah. Not even close. The, finally, Hunley or Jarek McKinnon, because he has thrown passes. <laughs> I will take uh, Hunley in, that, in this I case. I will, too, yeah. there's. I love how that was the, the the touted thing, right? Well, Jarek McKinnon was a quarterback early in his football career, and then like you saw him uncork a pass, and it was... God awful. And then they, they ran that godforsaken play again, right, against Detroit, and yeah. he fumbled. So what's the final tally here? The final tally out of eight pass throwers, or excuse me, 11 pass throwers for the Vikings, that includes Jarek McKinnon, you guys took the Vikings eight times each okay. over Brett Hundley. And that's not exactly like a cream of the crop selection of quarterbacks, too. <laughs> You know, Webb, Jackson, Ponder, no. Freeman, Hill, three years, Keenum. man. Mike McCarthy, three years developing that guy. Dude, how, how if you're Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson, and now there's going to be a lot of blame game, and well, this is Mike McCarthy after last night's game. I'll play this in a second, but now that Aaron Rodgers is is pulled away from the rest of this mess, and he's sitting over there with us with a, you know, he's got the athletic cap on and uh-huh. he's got to be loving this because it's exposing all the things that he's been covering up. This is Mike McCarthy, nervous Mike McCarthy answering for Brett Hundley's performance. Well, I think like anything in evaluation, I think it's, you know, it's very fair and, and professional to put all the variables in play there. I mean, what were the coverages on these plays? You know, I mean, we're, what was the play design was? So, I mean, I, I get where we're going. Uh, Brett Hundley. Was played better today, and um, I have great faith in Brett. Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley's not not our issue right now. I mean, when you're there's some very lopsided statistics. Look look close at those. Uh, <laughs> they told the story tonight. Go, Brett, go. Steve, how you doing? Hey Steve or hey Bill, I'm I'm a you're Steve. on the way. I, there you go. I am Steve. <laughs> That McCarthy soundbite is so awesome because he's talking gibberish. Like nothing he says at the start of that makes Man, any coverages. And, uh, he's he's uh, basically trying to tell you you don't know what you're talking about, and I do. And but I'm going to talk. But I'm going to give you something that makes no sense. He said Brett Hundley has pl- or played better tonight. Yeah. I think the follow up has to be than what? Right. <laughs> right. The first part of that. Than Steve though. from the bus. <laughs> Go, Pat, go. You say these fools can't get off the field, right? And you're absolutely yep. right on that. And I know another caller mentioned the first possession as far as Daniels headbutting the guy. You got a second right. possession. Clay Matthews jumping offside on the third and 16. Like, yep. sometimes you got to set the tone, right? You get off the field on both those, that can set the entire tone. Correct me if I'm wrong. So I just got one question for y'all guys, because y'all the football experts. What does 87 have to do to get a pass interference? Call? No. Blame the refs. <laughs> who is the guy? <laughs> who is the guy that that, so that did the old like I played a little football back in my day? Was it? I think it was this one. Hold on, let me find this. Go, Pat, go. I've defended capers for years, and I, I don't know what to do anymore. I I I, I, I can't imagine the talent is this bad. 
on the defensive side of the ball to where guys just in the guys don't know where they're going. Uh, look, I, I played at a smaller college. I know in our defensive meetings, when you're on the defensive side of the ball, there, there's a want to tackle. You want to hit somebody. You want to knock someone in the mouth. I, I used to play a little ball myself. <laughs> he kind of sounded like Randy and Cottage Grove you know, at the okay. end there. Okay, okay you got to knock him in the mouth, mouth. okay? <laughs> Phil Mackey. Clapping backs and shaking hands and kissing babies. You'd see some smiles. You do see some brightness in his eyes. Judd Zolgad. Here's the difference between Judd and me. I'm a pessimist because it's fun. He's a pessimist because he's serious. <laughs> he believes it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Show your gratitude this Veterans Day. At O'Gara's with 1500 ESPN and CenturyLink. Garage Logic will be broadcasting live from O'Gara's in St. Paul this Friday from 1 to 3. It's powered by CenturyLink during the broadcast. All veterans are invited to enjoy a free meal. And 25% of sales will be donated to local military charities serving our troops. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Well, I think like anything in evaluation, I think it's, you know, it's very fair and, and professional to put all the variables in play there. I mean, what were the coverages on these plays? You know, I mean, we're, what was the play design? Was So, I mean, I, I get where we're going. Uh, Brett Huntley was played better today. And um, I have great faith in Brett, Brett Huntley. Brett Huntley's not, not our issue right now. I mean, when you're, there's some very lopsided statistics. Look, look close at those. Uh, they, they told a story tonight. I'm so confused what? by his explanation. The, the first part of that makes no sense. And so was he saying, was he trying to say you don't understand what the play designs were and they were so bad that Brett Brett Hundley had no chance to succeed? No, I think he's just traumatized because no, he, he lost the greatest quarterback right there next to Tom Brady of of but, our modern generation of quarterbacks. But he's speaking complete nonsense. It is funny. You don't understand what the you if you understood what the play okay, so let's say let's say he's going to take time and he's going to explain the play designs exactly as they were supposed mm-hmm. to be. Okay, if I understand that am I then going to say, "Oh, you know what? Brett Huntley played pretty well." No, he still was awful. You know where the what you're seeing with the Packers right now is Sort of the, you know, it's the inverse of what you've seen with the Vikings for most of the last two decades, where they haven't, you know, with the exception of uh, the one big Brett Favre season, they haven't had great quarterback play. They've had probably bottom five to eight, I would say like bottom third of the league quarterback play on average, if you take away the one Brett Favre season since Dante Culpepper uh, blew out his knee. Mm-hmm. Fair to say, like the Browns are last and then the Bears are in there somewhere. Yeah, no, I think But the Vikings yeah. have had. Bottom third of the league quarterback play for like the last 15 years. Okay. And yet, despite that, they've won multiple division championships. They've had an 11 win season in 2015 where they hosted a playoff game. They had a 10 and 6 record in 2012. Uh, Even like in some of the other years where they're 8 and 8 and missing the playoffs, 7 and 9, it's certainly not a total disaster. They're competitive because of their defense Mm -hmm. and because of the running game or whatever else. You know, you would point to for for why they're scoring points. You know, in 2008, they went 10 and six, and then they landed Brett Favre. So, I think I would 10 times out of 10 still rather ride or die with Aaron Rodgers, and then fix the rest of my team or live with you know bad coaching and bad GMing because 
if you have the Aaron Rodgers or the Tom Brady or the Peyton Manning or the Drew Brees, more often than not, you're going to be really, really good and have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Um, but credit to the Vikings for being ultra competitive more often than not right. without well, the quarterback as they built the rest of their roster. And the credit is this. The credit is, and th- th- this is a weird thing, but because they've known that the quarterback that they're often invested in might not be that good, they've gone out and gotten competent backups sometimes. Gus Farratt, example one, right? I mean, he was certainly not great, but he wasn't going to kill you. And so what they've done is, in a lot of cases, they gave themselves sort of a little bit of a chance because because the guy that they were invested in, they were so cautious about mm-hmm. that they actually went out and got a backup who could play. Yeah. you know, Not Brett Hundley. This is amazing. You know, the Vikings, you talk about franchise quarterbacks. And since Fran Tarkenton retired, 1978, I believe, was his, his, his last final season. Yeah. Right? The Vikings have had only one stretch since 1978, so 40 years, one stretch where one quarterback led the team for five years or more consecutively in pass yards. Otherwise, it's been either injuries or turnover. Even Tommy Kramer had the year where it was uh, it was their 3-13 and season where Steve Dills led the team in passing yes. during the Les Steckle year. Yes. Uh, so, you know. It's just, you sit here and you watch the Packers and you think, Ted Thompson, if you had an actual owner that was holding people accountable and not 250,000 certificate holders hey, great who come to a though. bagel meeting, they're fantastic fans. you would be sweating your job so hard watching that game last night. Oh my God, this is what the rest of the roster looks like without makeup? Like, but, but Aaron's what coming is happening? Back. But Aaron's coming back. That's all they care about. Aaron's coming back to save the day. I look at a guy like Mike McCarthy, and it's become very apparent to me that Aaron Rodgers has made him a lot of money over his career. (laughs) The tension between these two is starting to make a lot more sense. I think we saw a few weeks ago Rodgers, uh, you could read his mouth. He said, what a dumb bleeping call after a play that McCarthy drew up. Uh, It's probably a godsend that Rodgers gets to check out of a run play to a pass play or vice versa because Clearly, if they were running a game plan by McCarthy 100% of the time, they would be a bottom third offense in the NFL, even with Aaron Rodgers, because he is scared. I mean, the guy is sackless, for uh, lack of a better term. All right, thanks to the Not fan in Milwaukee, the Green and Gold oh, Post Game yeah. Show, for pretty much producing our entire show today. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.